Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you all ready for the Bible today? All right, Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says this. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold. Would you say take hold? To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to having taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship, to honor you and to thank you, Lord, to be in your presence. We love you today. And Lord, we open up our hearts to hear from you. Thank you for your ability to speak to every single one of us. Our hearts are open, God, to hear from you. And I just pray for the wisdom and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. God, let your word come with your authority, with grace and with wisdom. We love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, um, I'm bringing you a message that I've entitled Letting Go. Um, You know, we're going to look going to look at some things that we typically hold on to or that hold us back from experiencing like the very best that God has for us. And I want to start by going into Luke chapter 18, which is a scripture about a rich young ruler. And I'm going to start reading in verse 18. It says this, a certain ruler asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these I've kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said, you still lack one thing, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a very he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for a, the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we've left all we had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. You know, in the the Matthew account of this scripture, um, it tells us that this young ruler was a young, that he was actually young. And, um, he comes to Jesus and he asks this question. He kind of like gets like straight to the point. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, you know, inside all of us is this desire for the eternal, not just the temporal. 
In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in His time. He has also set eternity in the hearts, in the human heart. There's something in us that like just yearns for what is eternal, not just what's temporal. And so this man, he comes and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And in my mind's eye, it's like he came to Jesus like with a blank checkbook. They didn't have checkbooks back then, but you know, he came with, and he's like, all right, what'll it take? I'm ready to stroke a check, right? Or, you know, what good deed must I do to lock this down? I want to make sure that I'm going to inherit eternal life. And the thing is, is like this guy was a good guy. He was like following the basic 10, you know, he, he wasn't sleeping with someone who wasn't his wife, he wasn't murdering, and he's going through, he doesn't steal, and you know, that kind of thing, he's like going through the big 10, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing all that. And Jesus says to him, you lack one thing. I have a feeling like when the guy heard you lack one thing, he's probably like on the edge of his seat. All right, tell it to me now. You lack one thing. And Jesus tells him two things. Sell everything and follow me. Which really is one thing, which is lordship. I want to have all of you. I want to, to be your Lord. You see, he already he had the man's loyalty. It wasn't like he was serving other gods. He had the man's basic obedience, like he was, you know, kind of, he was following the, you know, the Ten Commandments. He was doing those kinds of things. He was a good person. Have we ever heard, like, good person? Um, but what he had not done is he had not let go of control. Am I talking to the right folks? Right, like, how many of us like control? How many people are honest in this room? Okay. <laughs> we like control. Many of us have learned that control is overrated, right? Like, let's trust God, who's much better at this than I am. And if you haven't learned that already, it'll come. It'll come slowly or quickly. But this guy had not let go of control. And we do that, don't we? Like, we can love God. We can be faithful to God and withhold areas of our life from Him. Can I say that to you again? We can love God. We could be faithful to God in a lot of areas in our life, but we could still withhold areas from Him. We, if you will, hold on, and we're like, okay, Lord, move along. Like, nothing to see here, not that area. You know, let's talk about the area where I feel like I'm doing really well. Let's talk about the area where I'm willing to yield. Like, you know, and I'm going to, let's go there, Jesus. And the rich young ruler is like, you lack one thing, but that one thing was everything, which was he couldn't let go of control in his life. And you all know, I just love Peter because Peter's, you know, foot and mouth guy a lot of times, right? He just speaks up. Sometimes he gets it really right. Sometimes he gets it wrong. And I see Peter, it's like he's, he's there. He's listening to this interaction between Jesus and this man. And, and, the, and people are like, what is going on? And like, is, it's impossible then if, for a person to go to heaven. It's impossible. And Jesus is like, no, what's impossible for man, what's impossible in your strength, what's impossible in your ability is possible with God. And then Peter, he's like, listen to all this. And he just gets this aha moment. And he says, we've left all. We had to follow you. It's like we've done the thing you just told him to do. You know, Peter, he was a, 
He was a businessman before following Jesus. He was in the fishing business. Actually, James and John, uh, another couple of the disciples, the, the sons of thunder, James and John, Peter was in business with their dad in the fishing industry. And it struck Peter because Peter was a little older than the other disciples. He's like, oh my word, we've done this. We've left it all to follow Jesus. I left my business. I left my family and, um, and, and to, to follow Jesus. And Jesus had invited that rich young ruler to follow him just like he had invited the disciples to follow him. The difference is when Jesus invited those disciples to follow him, it says they left everything to follow him. But the, the rich young ruler... He couldn't do it. But I think, man, he missed the opportunity of a lifetime. Like, I don't know what it would have done theologically because, you know, you can't have 13 apostles and 13, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe it was an early replacement for Judas. I don't know. Just like, why don't you take a seat? I don't know what was going to happen. But I'm sure the Lord knew he was going to say no, right? But he actually said the same words that he sent the disciples. He said, follow me. Like, think of what he could have experienced. Think of what he missed out on because he wouldn't let go of what had him. I remember um, I was in Haiti, this was probably about three years ago. It was, I remember uh, just this specific trip where I was with um, Pastor Manny. A lot of you know Pastor Manny or Pastor um, Andy Clark. And we were there and for a few days working with the leaders and things like that with the mission group that we work with there. And we really had on our hearts some things that God wanted to do to help preserve this mission for the years to come. Uh, because they had built four churches, they had a school, there was uh, actually had three primary schools and a Bible school, and we were just trying to help them make sure that it could go for generations to come. And we were having conversations and praying and trying to not Im- um, impose ourselves, but really just be there to serve. And while we were there, I just saw God just kind of moving some things and some decisions being made. And it really brought this excitement to my heart. And I was like, God, you are, this is amazing. And I, I remember um, one, more, one afternoon, I'm just walking and praying and just like, God, thank you that I even get to experience and to see, like have a front row seat to see this amazing thing that you're doing because it could impact generations of Haitians to come, the preservation of these churches and these schools. And I'm just praying and I'm just thanking the Lord. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and just said to me, it's because you're willing. It's because you said yes. And I thought about that and I felt like, you know, what the Lord was really trying to say was, Mike, It's just because you were willing to say yes that you got to see this. It's just because you were willing to go somewhere or to do something that maybe someone else wasn't willing to do. That's why you got to see it. It's just because you were willing to let go of some things to take hold of some things. And I think in all of our lives, there is more that God wants to show you more that God has for each of us to experience. But I wonder sometimes, what are the things that we're holding on to that if we would just let go, we would get to see more of what God is doing? I want to go to another story with you, and this is in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. You ready for more of the Bible? Is it okay to have a lot of Bible in church? Okay. 
Matthew 14, 22 says this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. Now we're in a completely different gospel, completely different story now. While he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out with them walking on the lake. Let me back up a few words there, just in case you missed that. Walking on the lake. Impressive. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. That's about right. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out with fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, There's that Peter again. (laughs) Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached his hand out and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Now, There's a lot of context to this story as far as why Jesus put them in the boat and went up and prayed and the the whole thing. And I'm not going to develop all that context because that's not where I'm headed with the story uh, right now. But Jesus puts them in the boat to go to the next destination. And Jesus needed some alone time to pray. And Jesus, on his way to go meet up with the disciples, he starts walking on the water simply to get to the destination, which I think is fascinating. As a matter of fact, when you look in the John account, it basically says that Jesus was going to like walk and like meet him on the other side. It wasn't even going to tell him he was walking on the water. Just like, just transportation. And it's like they spot him in the John account. It's like, hey, and you know, kind of thing. It's like, oh, busted. I don't know how you walk on the water and get busted for walking on the water. I, you know, I guess espionage was not Jesus's thing. But he... Peter reacts when they see him. Of course, they're all terrified. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, y'all, the boat is buffeted with waves. If I were even to do what Peter did, I would pick a better day. Maybe midday where there's plenty of daylight, where if something goes wrong, people can see me in the water, right? Um, Not at night while it's being buffeted by the waves, right? But Peter has this thing inside of him. And what I love about Peter is there's no gate between here and here, which for some of us gets us in a lot of trouble, right? Y'all are like, yeah, let's pray for that right now, right? <laughs> some of y'all are like, I, I pray, there's no hope for me. But Peter, over and over again, he just says what he thinks. But what I love about Peter is there's this instinctiveness in him. And his instinct says, I want to be in that miracle. I want to join you. Like, Jesus is just transport himself from one end of the lake to the other lake. Like, he's not saving someone out in the water. He's about to save someone in the water. But, like, it's just he's out there. And, G- and Peter, you got to love his heart. He's like, man, I want to be where Jesus is. I want to be a part of the miracle. I want to see God move. I want to be present with what he's doing. It's fascinating to me is, for Peter, the boat was more than just the safest place to be in the moment. Notice the other disciples 
They weren't like getting in line, ooh, ooh, me next, ooh, me next, ooh, me next, right? Like, Peter, you got this one. The boat represented more than just the transportation in the moment. It also represented everything that, Jesus, that Peter had left behind before. He had already left the fishing business. He had already, he knew boats. He was familiar with boats. He was a professional fisherman. But in this moment, he's in the physical boat, but he's willing to leave behind this physical boat, this place of safety, the place of the safest place to be in the moment. He left comfortable and he left what was safe. And I imagine in my mind's eye him getting out of this boat in excitement. And it says that he got down out of the boat. And as he's getting out of the boat, I imagine like that last moment where he lets go of the boat. And he's standing on water. He left what was safe. He let go of control. And when he let go, he really put his, hands in, his life in the hands of Jesus. And I think that that picture of that moment is a really beautiful picture for us. Last Sunday when we were worshiping, I had, the Lord just gave me this picture while we were, we were just in his presence and it was just such a great day of worship like today and we're in his presence. And I just felt the Lord speak into my heart and saying, you know, Mike, there's, there's a lot of people in the room that they, they want to be with me, but they don't want to get out of the boat. They don't want to let go of the thing that's holding them back from serving me wholeheartedly. They enjoy, they want to be in my presence and enjoy my presence, but they don't want to let go of some areas in their own life. And I, I, would, I would ask you today, do you have something in your own life that you need to let go? Areas in your life that are off limits to the Lord, to his lordship, where when you feel that tap on your, on your back by the Holy Spirit, you hear that tap. And you know, the thing I appreciate about the Holy Spirit, I've never had the Holy Spirit tackle me and go, Mike! Because it's just not the Father's heart. It's that, that tapping on the shoulder and it's that, hey, do you want to hear what I have to say? How many of you all know it's really easy to turn away from the still small voice? And yet, the, the thing that I won't let go of control ends up controlling me. And the thing that I think I have is actually the thing that has me. And what God is working in our own lives is a willingness to yield to Him, but He wants us to yield to Him because we trust Him. I love the messiness of Peter's story. He gets out on the boat and like, they could have done like square dancing. They could have like done, you know, like, I don't know, take a few minutes, you know, like make it a great miracle, that kind of thing. I don't know, pull a fish out. So many ways that this story could have like, like um, you creatives, you're like, oh, I'm going to think of a hundred things that could have happened, right? All, there's so these ways. But what happened was, you know, there's this whole other story. He took his eyes off Jesus, puts his eyes on the wind of the waves and he begins to sink. There's, it's not pretty, and I love that because it's really a good depiction of our walk with Jesus. It's not always pretty. There's messiness. But the hero is right there. 
And when we begin to sink and we cry out, the hero reaches out and grabs our hand. I love that. Even when I sink, even when I fail, he's there and he grabs me. And you know, you can look at Peter and go, well, Peter, I don't know, that didn't go too well. But you know what? I don't know anybody else who walked on water. He might have sunk, but he got out on the water and walked. And there was this abandonment in him, this abandonment to Jesus that just takes us to a whole nother place. And I'd ask you today, like, is there, is there something that you're holding back? Maybe it's a, a habitual sin that it's like you feel so defeated by it that you're just like, I, you know, all these other areas I feel successful in the Lord or I'm given to the Lord and that kind of thing. But I just feel so shameful or so demoralized by it that I, I'm just ignoring it altogether. And I just want to say, Jesus is powerful enough to get you through. He's, he's more powerful than the thing that has you. And if you will, if you will turn to him and just get some help, practically speaking, Get some help. Get some people that, that you respect around you to cheer you on and be accountable. Like, get some help. Uh, but don't let something like that undermine the best that you have for you, he, he has for you. Maybe there's an area of control in your life where it's just like, yeah, but I, I like controlling this area. I just want to ask you today, how's it really working? Is it worth it? Is it worth the energy? Because you could be missing out on some of the best things that God has for you because of the control piece. And again, I come back to, I just love our Savior, that He is looking for us to willingly yield control. He doesn't have us pinned to the ground with our arm down going, give up, give up. Like, it's just not the nature of our God. Our Father is just such a benevolent God, treats us so much better than we deserve. And when we get out of that boat, if we begin to sink, if we, when we let go and we get out there and we, if we begin to sink and we look at the wind and the waves, he's going to catch you. He's going to reach out his hand and catch you. There is, a, there is a grace of God. There is to let go. And here's the beautiful thing. When the Holy Spirit is doing this, it means that he's there to help you do it. He doesn't leave you alone. He doesn't leave you stranded. He doesn't sit back and go, all right, let's see how you do. You get an 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10, you know, maybe I'll continue to help you or love you or that kind of thing. It's just not the nature of God. Like, he already does love you. And he already is there to help you. And what he wants is he wants your cooperation and he will give you the empowerment. You're not left on your own. You don't do it on your own. Peter did not walk on water in his own strength and power. The Lord empowered him and enabled him to walk on water. Our God is the hero of the story. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. And um, as we were worshiping today, I thought, you know, the, the best way to close today's service, and I know it's not a really long service, but it's okay. If you have complaints about short, a short service, just let me know later. <laughs> send it to me, I don't know, send it to P.O. Box. No, just kidding. It's about to make a bad, a bad joke. I want to, I'm going to read this scripture to you, but this... Uh, this song that we're about to sing again and close with today, um, let it fall away, right? Anything that's not of you, let it fall away. And what I'm going to do is invite you to make it your prayer today. Whatever area the Holy Spirit is speaking in your life, 
whatever area that he is saying to you, let go, that today as you worship him to the song, you're going to let it fall away. The beautiful thing about letting go is you just let go. But I love this scripture from Paul. When we let go, excuse me, Philippians 3.12, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You see, the thing is, is if I don't let go, I can't take hold. Do you all see that? Paul's got this thing, like there's some things that God has for me, for my family, for all the things around. There's some things that he has that I want to take hold of, but I can't take hold if I don't let go. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus to take hold of it. And I want to tell you today that if you're here and maybe, maybe you've never taken that step of taking hold of Jesus as like your Savior, or maybe, maybe you've let that go and you need to take hold of him again, I just want to tell you that Jesus is willing to receive you. His love for you is already a settled matter. His giving his life on the cross was his sign to you that he loves you personally. And he is willing to take you right where you're at. He's not asking you to clean yourself up and then come to him. He's asking you to let go of everything and run to him. But he has the best for you. And you know, the way that we come to Christ, the way that we come to having this new life in Christ is we say, Jesus, just forgive me of of it all. I want you to be my God. I want you to be my Lord. And you can make that decision today. April 30th, 2023 can be your day to say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. If you've walked away from that, you can just say today, Lord, I just come back to you. Would you stand with me this morning? Um, If you want prayer from somebody um, on our prayer team or something like that, you can slip up front. But what I really want to do is just turn the, the end of our service today into a time of worship and where the, the words to this song can be the way that you just let it all go. Let it fall away. Amen. Let's worship together. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.